You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Miles Turner appearance on the Woj pod has got to go down as one of the most amazing moments in NBA media history. This appearance didn't even hide the fact, just didn't even hide any of it. Just making a trade demand. If you're the Lakers, would you do the two picks? Would you do the two picks? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's such an intriguing question <laughs> at that. Um, I think personally, you know, when you look at this business of the league and, you know, knowing the landscape of the league, you know, you have to go off your future, right? And think, we, we all know picks are so valuable in this league. And someone like myself, I'm heading into the last year of my you know, my deal. And you want to make sure, you know, you're getting a return, you know, for your assets, right? So, you know, if I'm the Lakers, I take a very hard look at this with the position that you're in. And I know what I can provide for a team, you know, my, my leadership, my shot blocking, you know, my three-point ability, and just my ability to make plays out there on the floor. And I take a very long look at it. But as far as pulling the trigger, you know, that's uh, – I get paid to shoot. Now, you know, I'm not meant to make these calls, so I, I couldn't answer that. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of those infomercials where there's the celebrity endorser who's a chef, and then there's the other person who asks all the obvious questions. Is it really nonstick? Or like, how many people can I serve with all of this? And he's like, that's what I love about this pen. It is completely nonstick. Eh, grab this. Ooh. You can shake it. You can rip it around. Wow. You can do whatever you want. Where is this chef from? Sounds like he's a really exciting restaurant to check out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. It's like, should the Lakers trade for you? Like, I'll tell you why I can trade for me. 
and he just gets to selling. And a long-winded response finished off with, but I'm just a player. I'm just a player. It's not up to me. I'll just leave it to them. It's the opposite maze of the Vince Vaughn speech after he beats the guy in Madden. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's the, it's those little pixelated guys there that have all that heart. I'm just a guy here. Mm-hmm. He's the little pixelated character on the screen saying, oh, it's all the big guy upstairs who's calling the shots. Pushing those buttons. Whenever you see something like this, you have to ask yourself, the illumination out there, the citizenry, think about who does this story benefit? Who benefits from this being out there? So when Miles Turner is coming out here and saying, I shoot threes and leading shot blocker in the NBA, I think I would look pretty good in the LA Lakers uniform. Feel like they need those things. And that's what I provide. Have to ask yourself, why is this out there? Definitely benefits the Pacers, right? Because if you're putting pressure on the Lakers to throw in those two first round picks, this new story being out there is going to create all sorts of talk. And this is why it it helps to be at the worldwide leader is like you have this podcast and then we can program our entire day around talking about this. It's also a new level of pandering. I think we should get in this game, guys. We should bring players on GMs on and ask them, wouldn't you trade two picks for yourself? Wouldn't you like to get two picks? Seems like a good business opportunity. It hasn't worked out for people. The idea of going from a small market, I mean, like players, do they really think that if they go from Indiana or Charlotte or New Orleans or Oklahoma City, that it's super fun playing for the Lakers? Haven't we seen just player after player, young player especially, be miserable on the Lakers after going from whatever small school or whatever small team in the NBA, feeling like, Miles Turner going to the Lakers is just going to make things so much more fun for him going to the bright lights of Hollywood. We're not a national team in the Indiana Pacers. Like Miles Turner was basically saying my life is going to be so much better in a big market. doesn't really pan out that way. Yeah. I I mean, I think there's another part of this where you're Miles Turner and if you can come and help this team be better and you could be reasonably good doing what you do, block shots, rebound and hit threes. You just lined yourself up for one hell of a payday. Yeah, would help him. I, you know, I'm coming up on my contract. I'm an expiring deal. And you know what? You're like, if you're the Pacers, you don't want me to walk out and lose me for nothing, you know? But, you know, I'm going to leave that to them. I'm going to leave that to them. They're the team. They're making decisions. Man. So who do we invite on the pod now? Kyrie Irving. My assignment. Uncover why the association inspires more conspiracy theories in volume and salience than any other U.S. sport. You've heard of the Illuminati. The truth is out there, but so are lies. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. The NBA has always been controlled by about eight people. Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. If you're only using 10% of your brain, you don't even know that you're using 10% of your brain. The NBA Illuminati. If coincidences are just coincidences, why do they feel so contrived? The Illuminati. But you start to follow the money. And you don't know where the f*** is going to take you. It is unspoken. They have influence among other players. The NBA Illuminati. I don't have time for your convenient ignorance. Maybe I'm a conspiracist now as well. That's all it took. Oh, we got books. We got schools. You saw a video on YouTube. <laughs> Why am I, sir? You've never used them before. We are the basketball Illuminati. <laughs>
This is Basketball Illuminati. I am Tom Haberstroh, and as always, I'm joined by the Illumination presidents, the head of the citizenry, four-star generals. Four-star? What the f***? Why do we keep getting demoted, Maze? I don't think Tom remembers how many stars there are. Just give us a gold star, Tom. Gold star generals, five-star generals. I mean, you added the badge of being the president of the Illumination, so I kind of felt like the five-star generals kind of assumed. But you know what? Five-star generals... From the Illumin Army, Amin Al-Hassan and producer Anthony Mays. Fellas, we have breaking news in the NBA. We had to stop our recording. News upon news. It was like inception. It was like breaking news and then more breaking news within the breaking news. And now we are through the looking glass on the breaking news. We're going to get into all that. We're going to do some breaking of codes. I don't know whether it was a Friday news dump by a certain organization But Friday afternoon, something big happened in the league. You might not have noticed it, but we're going to break it down and break down the code in our segment, Code Breakers. Stay tuned for that. But first. You are listening to The Agenda with Tom Haberstroh and Amin El-Hassan. Speaking of first, Tom, who broke it first? Who got the Twitter fingers typing clickety-clack out there first? We were going to do this segment basically on Kyrie Irving and the dumpster fire that is the Nets organization in this situation. They're two and five. Kyrie Irving is doubling down on his posting, his promotion. Can you please stop calling her a promotion? What am I promoting? Put it out on your platform. But I'm promoting it. I am no different than the next human being, so don't treat me any different. You guys come in here and make up this powerful influence I have over top of the adultery of you. You cannot post that. Why not? I'm in a unique position to have a level of influence on my community. And then at Woj ESPN breaks the news that Steve Nash has been fired by the Brooklyn Nets. 12.52 p.m. Eastern. I thought Sham Sharania broke it. Oh, no, he was fired. Woj said he was fired, not mutually parted ways. Oh. Shams did. So Woj got the news that the Nets fired Steve Nash. Just a few ticks later, Shams, Nets and head coach Steve Nash have agreed to part ways. Hmm. Then two minutes after that, we got a slight adjustment here from Woj. He's not editing the tweet like we saw before. He's not deleting the first tweet. Right. And posting a new tweet. He just puts a little addition. Whoopsies. Decision was mutual with Nets and Nash per sources. Keep your third eye open on when you see that terminology, that actual framing of the dirty deed. When a team fires their head coach and then the team comes out here and says it was a mutual decision, just be conscious. Think about this a little bit more nuanced. Remember what Stugatz got from Stan Van Gundy? David Griffin made it sound like this was a we decision, that we agonized over this decision. That's the way it came out, uh, at least from where we were sitting. Um, is there truth to that? Was that a, was this a joint decision? Stan, I know you. You wanted to keep coaching this team in particular. Well, you know, but I, I would say it was joint in, in, in this sense that, you know, I – and I think you can understand this. I don't want to. I don't want to be somewhere where they don't want me, um, right. and they didn't want me. And so I wasn't at that point gonna, you know, gonna fight to try to uh, to stay there. So it, it wasn't uh, a mutual decision. It was funny when I left Detroit. 
uh, my owner there, who I really liked, uh, Tom Gores, um, also said it was a mutual decision. And I said, uh, yeah, Tom asked me to leave. And so I left. I guess that's <laughs> a mutual firing. I mean, because if he edits the tweet, it's an admission of guilt. It's not an admission of guilt because this is an admission of guilt. What he's doing right here. It reflects the timestamp on that. Oh, it changes the time. He'd rather say I was first and then I had to clean it up. Yes. Then have it clean and accurate. But with a timestamp that is later than Sham Sharania. Again, I can only imagine what kind of hellscape that existence <laughs> must be, where that is so important to you, a timestamp on a tweet. But, you know. That's how this world operates, apparently. That's how this world operates, guys. But Steve Nash is gone, despite having to run, what was it, 123 different lineups in the three years and change that he's been head coach, despite having a roster without any true bigs on there, despite having to deal with not only the turmoil of your star player asking for your head before the season starts, <laughs> and they said, ah, you know, I was just joking, never mind, but also your other star player being a weirdo on so many different levels. Let me start with this, with regards to Steve Nash. I see a lot of people saying that Steve Nash, oh, he's a terrible coach, he doesn't make adjustments or whatever. This guy's one of, like, the five smartest basketball-playing human beings to ever walk the earth. There's no way you're telling me Steve Nash is watching and like, I don't know how to make an adjustment. Oh, we'll just keep doing the same thing. But this is my point when it comes to people like this. It doesn't matter how much basketball you know. It doesn't even matter, to be honest with you, how much basketball you communicate. If they don't listen to you, mm -hmm. that's part of the job. Part of the job is they have to listen to you. Part of the job is they have to follow your lead. And if they don't, then you're not the right guy for the job. And from what I could see in Brooklyn, they weren't listening to him. Like, it's definitely possible that Steve Nash wanted Ben Simmons to play the five. Right. Wanted him to defend at a high level. Wanted him to attack the basket and just be a relentless big man and forget about the shooting stuff. Just be a five. Just be a crazy athletic passing five, passing big for us. But if Ben Simmons doesn't want to do that, and KD and Kyrie don't want to put pressure on Ben Simmons to do that. Then he's stuck. So this dude, 48 and 24, first season with the Nets, 44 and 38 in his second season, and then two and five. How much of this, I mean, in your estimation, is the Nets are covering their asses following the trade demand this summer from KD and said, we won't fire him now. We can't fire him now. That would make us look weak and capitulating to the superstars' demands and blowing up our entire organization by saying, not only do we want the coach getting fired, I want the GM too. Right. Seven games. He lasted seven games, and they won! They came off a victory! Even if you want to say all this Kyrie stuff has been imploding the team and it's been a distraction and everything, they won. That's the thing that's the weirdest thing about this is that they fired him in between a back-to-back. -back. Why? As they said on the ETC's podcast when Steve Nash was hired, he's not necessarily the head coach. He's just a coach. It's also going to change the way we see coaches. I don't really see us having a head coach. You know what I mean? Like, I, KD could be a head coach. I could be a head coach. Jacques Vaughn could do it one day. It could, it could be, it can be, it's a collaborative effort, I think, on our part. Well, that one day has come. And last night, 
Jacques Vaughn was the acting head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> but that's not all, I mean. There's more? Tom. What? Well, first of all, I need to update you that the breaking news ticker is back. Yeah. We got it on the ESPN graphic, 12.59 p.m. ET. What a roller coaster. Breaking news, 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 breaking news. And then at 1.03 p.m. Eastern, Woj tweeted that Jacques Vaughn is the acting head coach, but expect the Nets to inquire with suspended Celtics coach Ime Udoka, Quinn Snyder, among others. Boston will let Udoka leave for another job. Hmm. Wait a minute. Where have I seen Ime Udoka's name connected to Kevin Durant? Where have I seen that before? Where have I seen that before? Oh, wait. I remember. The Athletic, August 8th, Shams Charania. Headline, Kevin Durant tells Nets owner to trade him or fire Steve Nash, Sean Marks, according to sources. This was a bombshell. Remember, this happened in the dead of the summer. Shams breaking news that Kevin Durant has requested a trade. And if it's not going to happen, he wants both the GM and the coach gone. So in this huge breaking news story, a bombshell, the second to last paragraph of the story. Every detail matters in these stories, okay? All the pieces matter. Shout out Jonathan Abrams. Great book. Here's the line. Durant has grown close with Boston coach Ime Udoka in recent years after Udoka spent a year with Durant as an assistant in Brooklyn and later with Team USA for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Hmm. Whoa. And at the time, it was in connection to the Celtics possibly trading Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. Right. But the connection between Udoka and Durant Whew. is the piece to latch on to there. Then Stephen A. Smith, 1.16 p.m. Eastern time. They need to go get Ime Udoka ASAP. Like right now, five exclamation points. Since the Celtics, he adds the Celtics right there, don't want him coaching their team. Udoka or Mark Jackson. Then the nonsense will end. The nonsense is going to stop. I don't think that would end the nonsense. <laughs> What's the hire you made, Udoka? That's a hunch right there. Who's embroiled in a huge scandal that was on the Today Show? You don't need a third eye to know that the nonsense will not end. <laughs> I like the idea that, you know what? Brooklyn, we've had such a crazy last couple of months. Star player wanted the coach fired, GM fired, other star player tried to get signed and traded and nobody wanted him. Came back talking crazy, tweeting out links to anti-Semitic movies, and then we fire our coach. We just need to settle down. Ben Simmons, did you mention the Ben Simmons whole thing? Ben Simmons, yeah, all that stuff, right? And I was like, we just need to settle down, guys. Just be, can we just be a regular team, play basketball and be coached? Get me Miyutoka. <laughs> I've got just the man for the job. So you might be asking yourself, why would the Celtics be cool with this? If you're suspending a guy, isn't the implication, hey, we want him back at the end of the year? Tom, this was where my third eye was not open. When I did all of my Ime Udoka talk back when that news broke, my third eye was firmly shut, ladies and gentlemen. It happens. Sometimes the general does not see the entire battlefield and I'm, I'm stepping up and I'm claiming responsibility for my lack of foresight. Look, sometimes four star general behavior happens, but you are a five star general. Yes. Maybe that's why Tom took your star. Anyways, <laughs> what are they open to now? Had they fired him at the time, 
They own what they own, and they part ways, and the organization gets to move on. But because they suspend him, now you're almost putting him like bait on a hook for any other team that's interested in his services. Oh, I really would like Ime Udoka. What is it going to take? And so now they can solicit compensation in exchange for his services. Now, here's the problem with regards to compensation from the Brooklyn Nets, boys. <laughs> 2024, first-round pick to Houston. 2024, second-round pick to Houston. 2025, first-round pick to Houston as a swap. 2025, second-round pick to New York. 2026, first-round pick to Houston. 2027, first-round pick to Houston via swap. 2027, second-round pick to Detroit. Oh, by the way, I also didn't mention 2023, second-round pick to Philadelphia or Atlanta as a swap. So they owe pretty much every damn pick from now until 2027. On the plus side, they do have a first rounder coming to them from Philadelphia in 2027, and they've got a swap that they're eligible for this year as a first round pick. Christ almighty. (laughs) Like Boston, if you're trying to get compensation from them, what's it going to be cash? I don't know. But I mean, isn't really the compensation that they are seeking here is just savings on the result of his deal. To me, the compensation is we don't have to pay him anymore. If he's hired by your organization, the contract salary will offset. So then the Celtics aren't liable to pay Ime Doka anymore. This happens a lot in the league where a coach is fired two years into his four-year deal. Mike Brown, baby, picking up checks from three different teams at the same time. But it's not always that case. If you are hired to another team, and I mean, I think this has happened before. The offset, yes. So if the Nets hire Ime Udoka to be their head coach here, Celtics are off that salary. Like if there's a 2029 second round pick that's heavily protected through top 55 picks, the Celtics are going to do that deal. They just wipe their hands clean of the whole entire situation and all of the money. So I think the Celtics are just going to say, go on right ahead. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. As this podcast continues to roll along, we've got more news. No. Shams, 1.53 p.m. Eastern Time. Ime Udoka has emerged as a strong front runner to be the next Brooklyn Nets head coach, and the sides have begun discussions Nets are in the midst of their search process and are continuing to do due diligence. <laughs> Wait a minute. They just started talking about it. Then, Woach, 2.12 p.m. Eastern, right now, suspended Celtics coach Ime Udoka has emerged as the likely next 
Brooklyn Nets head coach, and his hiring could be finalized as soon as the next 24 to 48 hours, sources tell ESPN. This is all preordained, man. This was all preordained. It doesn't happen this quickly. Look, so Shams getting that he is a strong front runner to become the next head coach of the Brooklyn Nets happened within 61 minutes of the breaking news. Quinn Snyder didn't even get his interview. Quinn Snyder, Mark Jackson, what happened? What the hell? We're assuming the Nets are the ones leaking all of this, right? And we're assuming the Nets are the ones leaking all this shit. Are they leaking it like piecemeal? Are they saying like, okay, I'll tell you something. We're going to mutually part ways. All right, that's all I can say. I swear that's all I can say. That's all I can say. Okay, 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 okay. All right, I'm thinking of a couple of names. Can I get Quinn Snyder in there? Would you guys mind waiting? No, 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 This is how it works. Like, just say the names and I'll say, yeah, I'm, we're thinking about them. Mark Jackson, yeah. Quinn Snyder, yeah. Ime Yadoka, yeah. No, wait a second. That yeah was a little different. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I Stay by your phone over the next 24 to 48 hours. Ooh. <laughs> don't you play no reindeer games with me, boy. <laughs> At this pace, it's going to take 24 to 48 minutes. Think about what had to happen in 61 minutes. They would have to do their due diligence on the whole Udoka story. That entire scandal that required him to be suspended from the Boston Celtics for the season. The Nets said, yep. All right, we're going to get Steve Nash out of here and we're going to do our due diligence and we're going to get to the bottom of this and we're going to make sure we're crossing our T's and dotting our I's to make sure we hire the right head coach. Come on down, Ime Udoka. Shams. 2.13 p.m. The Brooklyn Nets plan to hire Yudoka as their new head coach. It's already done. This is just, oh my God. Shams knew in August, man. He knew. He had to have. You don't just kind of sneak that little thing in there at the end of that newser. It's like 10 paragraphs long. And right at the end, Durant has grown close to Ime Yudoka. Wow. It's really crazy how you can have a plan for a podcast and then news happens and it just blows everything away and you're on to the next topic. So I remember like the Sarver stuff, it got two days, it felt like, in the news cycle. And then boom, what happens? Ime Udoka. Just wipes it off the front page. Yeah. An owner, an NBA owner is forced out because of misogynistic racist comments, all of it in the workplace, rotten. The Phoenix Suns went to the NBA Finals two years ago, and that ownership story just wiped off the front page because of Ime Udoka. That's the power of Ime Udoka's story, right? And then... Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. He's playing the Ignite, and everyone's excited, and we do a whole segment about it, right? Gone. Old news. Wiped out by what? A forceful strike. <laughs> mm. A cartoonish level of aggression. <laughs> Draymond Green punch. The Victor Wembanyama story happened for three minutes before Draymond Green happened. Kyrie Irving doubles down on anti-Semitic posts that he did on Thursday. The NBA puts out a statement, doesn't name Kyrie. The Nets, Josiah puts out a statement condemning Kyrie's comments. We're questioning whether Kyrie's going to last in Brooklyn Nets for the rest of the season. Should they waive him? Should they not? Bobby Marks did a whole video. When is enough enough? with Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. All of that, gone. What's crazy about this story is the Kyrie story has been erased, not by a new story that broke somewhere else in the far reaches of the realm. No, 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 no. This is someone throwing a grenade down the hallway. <laughs> Look over there. And then grabbing that grenade and throwing it right back. And then 
importing some grenades from another. Oh, you guys want some of these grenades? <laughs> from another war. Like, imagine if we're in the middle of Franco-Prussian War. Come on down. Give me some of your grenades, too. It's insane. It is bizarre. I can safely say this is the craziest story in NBA history. No. This is the craziest shit in NBA history, man. Settle down, I mean. Yeah, we still got to get to Code Breakers. Still got a couple hours till we're <laughs> <Yeah>. through with <laughs> this process of recording this episode. We still got another podcast next week. Let's not be a little too hyperbolic, okay? Man, what if LeBron's sitting here and being like, this is the time we get Kyrie? Oh, my God. We can do it right now. Oh, my God. We can do it right now. Let's throw in those two picks, Robbie. Please? We can't take any more stick. I can't keep up, NBA. Just slow the hell down. I feel like the goddamn Popeyes worker sitting outside on the bench and just <laughs> spent completely exhausted. <laughs> we had so much lined up for this week. I'm bummed. I was excited to Zapruder the hell out of this Kyrie press conference, but it's okay. We had an hour's worth of material there. But you know what? We also had the NBA Friday afternoon news dump. Hey, we want a salary cap. We want a hard cap. That was Friday. Gone. You know it's not gone? What's that? What the hell is happening in San Antonio? Huh? Now it's time for any secret message for you members of the Secret Circle. Remember, kids, only members of any secret circle can decode any secret message. You can break the code. Maybe I take a shot at it, maybe I break it. I'm real happy with myself because I did my job well. There's only one hacker in the world who can break this code. Super string theory, chaos math. Advanced algorithms. Code breaking. Strange, the code is somehow different. It's like solving a Rubik's Cube that's fighting back. whoop de doo What does it all mean, Basil? People talk to each other. They never say what they mean. They say something else. You're expected to just know what they mean. Break the code. You are, quite simply, the best natural code breaker I've ever seen. Code breakers. Breaking the code on the people that break the code. He broke the code. Friday afternoon before the Nets news wiped everything off of the headlines. The Spurs announced they had waived Joshua Primo a few hours before their victory over the Chicago Bulls. Josh Primo, they just drafted him. 2021, Maze. And just two weeks ago, Tom, they elected to exercise their third and fourth year team options. Should keep him under contract through 2024-25. R.C. Buford said, It is our hope that in the long run, this decision will serve the best interests of both the organization and Joshua. That's nice. That's vague. That's curt. Amin, on October 11th, they released Luka Samanich. Their 2019 first-round pick. So other than the Spurs doing it twice in this month, would you say releasing a rookie first-round pick is rare? Not only is it rare, Maze, but Josh Primo is the fastest waiver of a first-round pick in NBA history. That's how unprecedented it is. And hold on as I get you the list courtesy of Hoops Hype. So, guys, let's play a little game. I told you Josh Primo is the fastest waiver of a first round pick in NBA history. Can you guess how many days this one? You can probably eyeball how many days he spent as a San Antonio Spur prior to being waived 450 397. 
Maze, you win 456 days, Maze. Ah! Well done. All right. Wow. Now it gets interesting. Who's number two? Can you guys guess who number two is? Whose record basically did Josh Primo break? Is it like Dragon Bender? No, Dragon Bender played for like four years, man. It's tough. I can't think of it being a lottery guy. It is a lottery guy. And guess what? Okay. Tom, you're very, very warm. Josh Jackson. No, he was traded. Okay. This is not a good uh, appraisal of the Suns. Marquise Chris? No, he was traded as well. It's Kendall Marshall. <laughs> Kendall Marshall's record. Do you want to guess what his record was that Josh Primo broke? 800 days. Oh, it's too optimistic. Josh Primo broke Kendall Marshall's record by 31 days. 487 days was Kendall Marshall. Wow. Number three. I'm surprised this guy's not number one. I'm surprised he lasted 595 days. Georges Papagianis. Oh, uh, yeah. Who could forget? Remember him? Papa John. The guy that Vladi traded out and down in order to take. I think he gave up someone good, too. It was Bogdanovich, Scala BCA, and a 2020 second round pick. Isn't it funny that like the two guys that Vladi was not supposed to miss on would be the Balkan guys, Bogdanovich and Luka Doncic? Tremendous. Maybe it's because they're not Serbian. Number four, Anthony Bennett. Oh, the number one pick. Yeah, I wanted to throw him out there, but I thought that because he was the number one overall pick, they gave him a longer leash. They did. 818 days. Okay. That's a big jump over Papayanis. And then number five. Again, I'm surprised he lasted this long. Yaroslav Korolev. Mm. 849 days. More like Korolev. The fact that anybody couldn't last as long as Yaroslav Korolev is pretty goddamn staggering. So Josh Primo waved barely a year and some change after he was drafted. Now, why would the Spurs do that? The other part of this that is damning is, okay, they waived him, but they picked up his option for his third year a mere 19 days before waiving him. $4.3 million in guaranteed money. Something happened between team option exercise October 10th and waived October 29th. So something in those three weeks popped up to the point where they got to release the guy. They have no choice but to release the guy. They were so convinced that this guy was worth continuing this development that they picked up his third year for $4 million, even though he hasn't been playing well. He hasn't shot lights out. He's a shooting guard who hasn't been able to shoot the NBA level. He's 19 years old. But you know what? That happens in the NBA. See, that's the weird part about all of this, Tom. They waived him because he's been exposing himself to women, and apparently... We reach some sort of critical mass of this sort of behavior, which they can't keep him. He doesn't deny it, right? His statement says, I know that you all are surprised by today's announcement. I've been seeking help to deal with previous trauma I suffered and will now take this time to focus on my mental health treatment more fully. I hope to be able to discuss these issues in the future so I can help others who have suffered in a similar way. I appreciate privacy at this time. That's just two and a half hours. After the announcement, he released his statement to Woj, and he's attempting to reframe the narrative here. He's a hero. I don't want to get caught in the weeds here, but again, this is not Deshaun Watson, where there's a denial of wrongdoing. I feel comfortable calling him a kid. He doesn't turn 20 until December, until Christmas Eve. So this kid 
admitted and accepted that he has done the things he's being accused of, and he's giving an explanation for it. We can talk about that at a later time. I want to focus on this. So you've got a guy who you picked up his third-year option, then 19 days later has been in such egregious violation that you decided to waive him. He doesn't deny doing what he's getting waived over. So you say to yourself, well, was this the first time they learned about it? The first time they known about it? I don't know. I did some digging, some of my own research. And as I understand it, these instances did not start with him being a San Antonio Spur. This was someone who committed acts like this in the past. And the Spurs are one of the best, if not the best, at Intel and more importantly, at scrubbing and making things disappear. The idea that they didn't know and just found out now is probably a lot less believable than they did know. And they managed to keep things under wraps, but stuff kept happening. So now you peel back that onion another layer. Why would they do all this? Well, he's a lottery pick. He's a 12 pick. Tom, before we started recording today, you told me something very interesting about Josh Primo, the prospect. When he was drafted by the San Antonio Spurs, he was not even invited into the green room. Tom, lots of guys get drafted in the lottery, but they weren't invited to the green room. The NBA's made it a habit of shortening that list, right? Because they don't want that vision of Rashard Lewis or you know some of the other guys in the past who thought they were going to go in the first round and then they end up crying on national TV or looking sad. So uh, that doesn't mean much, Tom. First round pick, not even a first round pick. He was a second round pick. When you're talking about John Hollinger, Jonathan Gavoni, these draft analysts had him as a second round pick, not even a late first, but he went from borderline first round pick to a 12th pick. And I mean, it goes even further than that. Tom, I looked up the tankathon big board a week before the draft. He was the 60th prospect on their big board 60th and that's better than what his recruiting rank was coming out of high school what was his recruiting rank coming out of high school 80th 80th the Kate Cunningham class he was 80th so he went from 80th to going to Alabama for a year and being the role player for Herb Jones who was a second round pick jumps Herb Jones in the draft all the way to 12 and then how many days later 456 days later waived by the San Antonio Spurs, who are widely known as the best intelligence of any organization in the NBA. They know everything. That is the most staggering part about the Josh Primo conversation to me, is that not in high school, not in college, not in the G League, and not in his year and some change in the NBA, did he ever look good? The only thing he had going for him was that his birthday is in December. He turned 19 in his draft class year in December. He was 18 for the first couple of months of the season. He's still 19 right now. doesn't turn 20 for another month and a half. If you're connecting the dots, you're like, well, then if the Spurs released this guy, they probably just said, you know what? He's just not good. It's not worth the hassle. We're done. But that doesn't explain picking up the option two weeks before. It's bizarre. It's super bizarre. The due diligence that we're doing in the NBA these days, lightning fast, that three weeks before, all good. Then three weeks later, we got to be the quickest wave after a lottery pick. Tom, are you ready to open your third eye? So ready. I've never been more ready. As I said, 
the Spurs are great at Intel and they're great at scrubbing. Now, what is scrubbing? Scrubbing is when a team has connections with local law enforcement and through those connections are able to make certain stories not see the light of day. Wait, so the AC you're talking about in a finals game? Are you talking about an AC? <laughs> yeah. Look, hey, man, I'm still on their ass for that one. But the sort of infractions that one might encounter, entanglements with the law that could be written off or let go with a warning or not pursued or things like that. Every team, I believe, has a guy who does this. And San Antonio is known around the league as one of the best at scrubbing. So in order for them to take this action, it tells me that they felt like can't scrub this one. And sure enough, what do we find out? We find out that there are allegations from a Spurs staffer. Now, all the national media, if you guys follow all the national people, the mainstream media, I mean. you know who they are. They all reported that the Spurs have a former staffer who is making accusations about Josh Primo and has retained the services of Tony Busby. Now, if you hear the name Tony Busby, you say, ooh, that sounds familiar. Why is that? It's because he's the lawyer who is representing the plaintiffs in the Deshaun Watson civil suits over in Houston. They all said that. They all said there's a woman, a former staffer, and she's retained the services of Tony Busby. None of them on the national level mentioned what the woman's capacity was with the Spurs. Maybe she was a trainer. Maybe she was in the community relations. Ticket sales. Basketball ops. The woman is the team's sports psychologist. When the doctor who is charged with helping players with their mental health is the one making the accusation, I would say that's a pretty massive detail to be left out. Now, Tom, I kept saying the national media, national media. How did we discover the identity of this woman? Did we do some untoward FOIA requests? Like, did we have to dig deep in the clerk's office and archives and all that? No, you just have to have a subscription to the San Antonio Express News. The San Antonio Express News, which is the main paper in San Antonio. Well, Tom... What kind of investigative journalism did the San Antonio Express News do to gain the identity and the position, the job title of this woman, this former Spurs staffer who's making these accusations? They received a press release from the Busby Law Firm. A press release! Here is the statement. The press release released by the Busby Law Firm. At the conference on Thursday, Tony Busby will discuss... Allegations made by Dr. Cawthon and others against NBA player Josh Primo, the events that precipitated the release of Primo, the veracity of recent public statements made by both the Spurs organization and Primo, interactions with individuals within the San Antonio Spurs organization, and the expected path forward. Dr. Cawthon will be present to make a public statement and answer pertinent questions. Dr. Hillary Cawthon is her name. She retained the services of Tony Busby. Tony Busby's office created a press release and sent it out. They wanted their name on this. They wanted it out there. And yet somehow 
every major national publication covering this story, forget about her name, failed to mention she's the team psychologist. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how much more I can say. Open up your third eye and understand this Josh Pimo shit is heavy as hell. down on anything that I believe in. I'm only going to get stronger because I'm not alone. I have a whole army around me. What was that, Maze? Was that a breaking of code? That was an inconvenient broken code right there. And now I can see. <laughs> and now I see. You know that was? This is a new segment I'm introducing. I've been thinking about this for days. I had the title in my head, didn't know what would apply to you it. You had to do your due diligence. I get it. The name of the segment, hashtag tip. The Illuminati provides. The Illuminati provides. That's what that was. When you think about this podcast, you think about that segment. You think about all the different segments that came together like goddamn Voltron and shot you in the face with the truth. I don't know if I want to use tip and shot you in the face in the same sentence, but it's okay. Exposed. Josh Primo showed flashes of talent. Oh, actually, I have a story here from Woj. It says, Attorney Tony Busby told ESPN on Saturday that he's been retained by a woman who worked for the Spurs and says Primo exposed himself to her. Busby and the woman are set to have a news conference Thursday morning. Busby also represented multiple women in the sexual misconduct lawsuits against Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. You know what's interesting about that? There's three things that that news story at ESPN is leaving out. One is her name. Two is her capacity with the Spurs, the psychologist for the Spurs. And three, there are others. It's not just her, that there are other women that are involved in the allegations against Josh Primo. It's amazing that the guy who can tell us who's getting drafted minutes before it's actually made public can't read a press release and put in those pertinent pieces of information. Just staggering. 